Welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on friend science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Boppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And here we are, lucky number 13, the final episode of Rhythmia. Rhythmia. Dropping on Friday the 13th. Dropping all the shoes. Which is also the last day of Max Fun, fun drive! drive! Thank you, everybody. Oh my gosh, you stepped it up. Now, as we're recording this, we haven't quite gotten to 4,000, so we're not drinking our own pee yet, but it could happen. It could. But if you can get us over 4,000 today, the final day of Max Fun Drive, we will release one last Final episode during Max Fun Drive, and it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a doozy, and it's going to be... It's not Rhythmia. It's going to be kind of Friday the 13th related. Mm -hmm. It's fun and spooky. Spooky. We'll do that today if you get us past 4,000. So this is it. If If you're listening and you've already donated... Thank you so much. So much. Thank you all. If you haven't yet, this is the best time. This is the last day. Please get us across that finish line and as far as you can. Maximumfun.org forward slash donate. And you guys got us past 3,500, which means we're going on our first national tour, Ross. This is exciting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to start planning now. Yeah. So uh, you've sent us lots of recommendations of where you'd like to see us. I love all the people in Oklahoma City who are like, oh, my God, yes, come to Oklahoma City. And we may do even more more than the three but we will definitely do three yeah so i keep the recommendations coming somewhere in the middle somewhere on the ends and i'm working on the map i'm pulling together this is kind of fun actually just pulling together all the locations Mm -hmm. on a single google map and seeing where they exist in relation to each other it's kind of a fun exercise we've been all over the place we really have we haven't been to africa asia australia listen we've been here in europe you've been to europe yeah so thank you all for supporting us and uh, we'll keep wandering around someday we'll end up in antarctica Hopefully, we'll see that ice wall. Yes, we will look for. We will go looking for the ice. This is not a promise. This is not a stretch goal. <laughs> if you get us to four thousand and one, we will go find the nope, ice nope, wall. No, we will not do that. <laughs> all right, so we are here at the end of Rhythmia. We got on the plane and we left, so we're already back home now. Except there is one important story carried that you did not tell our audience, and that is how you got the tincture. Ah, uh, yes. Well, first of all, let me say the tincture. Does not work. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yes, we've established that. And this that. is how I... Well, no, I think I've got more data now because I went <laughs> to the Max Fun meetup two nights ago yeah. here in LA. Uh, we did a, a rudimentary experiment with a bunch of people where we passed around the tincture. It was pretty much a drive-by drugging by Carrie. Yeah. I was like, who wants to try the tincture? And a lot of people did. Some people took 10 sprays. Some people took one or one three. One person looked really worried. He was like, <laughs> what am I doing to myself? <laughs> Probably a dozen people took it. And you know what? No one saw God. No one got high. That stuff doesn't work. I don't know. They could have done that right after we left because ayahuasca takes a while to set in. Yeah, but I was I was there longer <laughs> I can just than see, you. Oh, okay. I can just see us walking out the door and then everyone drops on the floor. <laughs> Starts tripping balls. Violently shaking. I think it's my new favorite phrase, tripping balls. <laughs> uh, they're all like, everybody wants to go to the pool. <laughs> um the tincture. Here's how I done got it. So it was a thousand bucks. Yeah, well, along with Rhythmia Life and all the stuff yeah, that comes come on, with it. Everybody does it for the tincture. Do they? It's, well, everybody was asking, like, well, can we just get the tincture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what everybody They wouldn't wants. have paid a thousand dollars for it. I think people did. Okay. I think there are people who got Rhythmia Life mostly for the tincture. All right. Anyway, the point is, I just went up to him and I said, I acted real cool, you know? And I was like, hey, listen. We want to report on the tincture, is it? Could we just get some tincture? And they got it for me. Well, you were able to say that Dr. Jeff said we could. Oh, that's true. Well, I asked Dr. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. But I asked him real cool. Like, you know, I was like, hey, man, listen, get us some sweet tincture. And they were like, are you sure? Yeah. When I went and asked the girl, she was like, Oh, um, sure. Hang on. And I think she went and called Dr. Jeff to make sure it wasn't. Yeah, she walked into the back office. Yep. But But uh, you worked your magic. That's right. She got us each a tincture. I would never have tried that. So we have tincture thanks to you. Oh, good. Have you been using yours at home? No. Oh, should I break mine out for this last episode? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. I got it. All right. Let's do some last tincturing. This is our last Rhythmia episode. Oh, my gosh. 
the end of an era. Unless the moon shows up in the recording studio here, aka your place, <laughs> then we will record an interview with Mrs. Oh, moon. Oh, hundred percent. Like, sorry, Mrs. Moon. We promise, no more rhythm. This will be the end of it. Okay. Rash is spraying it under her tongue, sublingually. All right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Very good. There you go. Okay. Okay, okay. So anyway. We went to Costa Rica. That's not going to work. Okay. Oh, that time it tastes worse. Ugh. It does it? Okay. Yeah, more alcohol. Strong. Yeah. Very strong. Yeah, maybe Ugh. maybe it's settling to the bottom yeah, or I something. Think so. so we got back home and. <laughs> God. Uh huh. So we got back home and. As we told you guys, we realized we had lost the SD card. We started contacting Rhythmia, asking them to find it. And Jerry wrote to us and said, hey, I heard you lost that SD card. So I got a text from him on Tuesday after we got back. And he said, hi, Ross, it's Jerry from Rhythmia. He spelled it Jerry with a J. I was Or one- maybe his phone corrected to that. Probably. Though that's weird. You think his phone would learn after enough texts. Yeah. Hey, my owner's name is Jerry with a G. That's true. But also I spelled my name wrong three times tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it happens. Hi, Ross. It's Jerry from Rhythmia. I was wondering if you found your SD stick. New text. <laughs> we are most interested. So I wrote back, hey, Jerry, is this Jerry Powell? I'd been spelling your name as Jerry with a G. <laughs> I deconstructed all my luggage once I got back and it's nowhere to be found. No one has turned it in or stumbled across it. He wrote back, hairy about it. Honestly, it wasn't meant to be. And then I think he realized that his phone gave him hairy. <laughs> so he wrote, don't worry about it, brother. Mm, okay. So I wrote back and said, Thank you for your interest. I did record audio on my phone, but started it a bit late with both you and Dr. Jeff, so we'll have to fill in a bit at the beginning. He said, I'm glad you got a little vacation out of it. You guys are super nice. What's so crazy is the medicine has a way of guiding everything. So essentially, okay. he means the medicine is oh, right. making sure I lost Buried the SD card. SD card. Yeah, I guess somehow he didn't pick up on the fact that I just said, oh, we have backups. Jerry, I believe, does not read his whole text or emails. No, I think he has the sort of brain that just doesn't focus on details. I think he just skims it. He's a big ideas guy. He's mm-hmm. not a details man. I wrote back, I'm still having small visions each night, exclamation mark. He writes back, I'm glad, brother, and maybe one day we can do a story. I saw your comments when you left, and they were so contrary to everyone else's, maybe it just wasn't the right time for this. I said, I was definitely still processing and wasn't ready to use the word miracle just yet. Was on the fence about that, but I always want to be fully honest. So he writes back, I'm with you. You were very authentic about your experience, but reading your survey, your experience was so different from everyone else's. He says again, mm-hmm. it's probably perfect that things worked out the way they did. I have nothing against you. You're great people. So I wrote, thanks, Jerry. I appreciate that. We think you and Rhythmia are great. Honestly, I don't want you to think we didn't get a lot of good out of the experience. He wrote, no, it's all good. It worked out perfectly. Now, I should say, I kept saying to you, like, I'm, I'm not sure that I think Rhythmia is as great <laughs> as you're letting on to Jerry. Carrie had a lot more misgivings about them already than I did. Yeah. So I'd already had that awkward back and forth with Jerry by text, but I wanted to include Carrie in this conversation, and now I saw he's trying to make us stop, and I remember feeling, oh, no, this is great. You know, now Mm -hmm. we're going to have to figure out how to go ahead and do this podcast, but not cross Jerry, but he's not happy with us doing a podcast. Right. So then I noticed he had sent me the day before, on January 29th, he'd sent me an email to our podcast address saying, hey, Ross, brother. I heard that you guys lost your interviews with us. Is that true? Regards, Jerry. And he spelled his name right that time. So at this point, we'd already chatted by text. But I said, hey, just wanted to respond here as well. You know what? We do have the phone backup because he hadn't responded to that the first time. Said, so we can use that. But if you get the card back, let us know. We would be glad to pay any shipping costs. Mm -hmm. So then he writes back, hi, Ross. We really appreciate you guys coming here. But after discussing everything between us, We feel that the interview and story should not happen. Should not happen. Can we just scrap the whole idea and you keep your trip here is our gift to you? Respectfully, Jerry. So I thought, oh, no. Now I've really got to cross Jerry and put my foot down. So I copied you. So Mm -hmm. that I need need to bring in the tough. An an additional foot. (laughs) So I said, yeah, we, we really appreciate the gift. 
from you, but we've still got to tell our story. This mm-hmm. is what we do. And don't worry, we'll provide extra context. That was the gist of it. Jerry responded, hey, brother, we really hear you. But I really want to ask if you would be kind enough to not do it. I spoke to some other people who were here during your stay. We just feel that overall it would be best for us not to be on your show. Nothing personal. We really like you guys. And if you would ever like to come back, we would certainly be cool with that. So it sounds like maybe they're thinking your experience is not going to make good radio. Mm-hmm. So I responded this time. I said, hi, Jerry. Thank you again for having us. And I get the concern. You're in the unique and beneficial position of knowing who we are from the get-go. Like I said, our investigations are often done without the proprietors being in on it. But regardless of how our experiences go, good, bad, or in the middle, we have an obligation to our listeners to report honestly and completely, regardless of our relationship to the organization in question. Which is to say, we really like you. We really like Jeff, too. But we wouldn't be honest reporters if we dropped a story because the subjects wished us to. Just as you couldn't keep what the moon said to yourself, we can't hide our truths under a bushel either. I like that. That said, I think you're worrying more than you need to, which at the time felt true. Mm -hmm. Our experience had ups and downs, but our audience of science geeks and critical thinkers will appreciate the full story. And I think you may even get some visitors out of it. Regardless, though, our first obligation is to our reporting. Hope you can understand. Thanks for having us. Hi, Carrie. I understand that. It's just that we paid for the story by having you here, and we changed our mind. Do you mind if I loop our legal team in? They have some questions about the documents that were signed. We also have other guests who may see your story, as they were there in a different way. I just really want to have a full discussion with this, with everybody knowing what's at stake. How does that sound with you? Respectfully, Jerry. So that was sent at 3.01 a.m., Oh, yes. The next email's at 3.05 a.m. Four minutes later. I have not responded quickly enough. Please let me know on the previous email today, as both law firms from California and Costa Rica want to be involved, and I don't want you to move forward with something that results in something, some type of suit that is very lengthily and very, very, very costly. It wouldn't be fair to you. So I really want us to have the collective conversation up front. Just so you know the direction this thing is going, maybe your counsel could advise you if you can get them involved as well. So now at this point, cool. I interpret this Lawsuit as threat. him him threatening to sue us. Oh, so yeah. it doesn't take much interpretation. Very, very, very thinly veiled <laughs> in his terms. So we did share this with our lawyer who was like, this is ridiculous. And just the idea that Jerry paid for our coverage. Yes, which is um, offensive. Right. Like, uh, no, you didn't. That's and how from- he thought the transaction worked. Right. And from the very beginning, we said, listen, this is not going to be an ad. We are going to report on our experience, good, bad, or indifferent. So yeah, I mean, like I'm insulted (laughs) at this point. So So you wrote back. We got that advice and I said, hey, Jerry, once again, we appreciate you having us at Rhythmia, but there is nothing in our agreement that would prevent us from reporting honestly on our experience through our regular channels. We'd be interested in hearing any specific concerns you have about our potential recording and would take those concerns into consideration, but that is purely out of courtesy to you. Carrie and I have spoken with legal counsel and any communication from your lawyers would need to be directed to our counsel and not directly to us. Let us know if you want to pursue that angle and we'll provide you with our legal counsel's contact information. We'd recommend against taking it in that direction. Yeah, so then he wrote back and said, Hi guys, I checked with our California counsel. They said, yes, you're right. As long as you're reporting the truth, there's really nothing we can do about it. So be it. Thank you guys. I I pictured it in a different tone of voice. (laughs) Oh, sure. (laughs) But uh, I don't think he was so cheerful about it. But sure. Yeah. Oops, Jerry, you could have talked to your lawyers before threatening us. (laughs) Right. So I we kind of thought that was the last we would hear from Jerry, but it was not. Yeah. So we got a bunch more emails from him. I, I feel like he's the person who he fixates on this and it plays around in his head and he gets this thing all built up and he's just got it. He's got to get it out and right away. And mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't and he spell check guesses it. guesses it. Right. Yeah. He has these little arguments with himself and they all take This is place. all speculation, but this is how it seems. That's what it looks like from our perspective. He also, I think maybe skims what he reads because sometimes he'll send something and then send another thing being like, sorry, didn't read that. Later um, on, he says that you didn't even drink the medicine. I hope you report that. Meaning- we carry yeah we did uh well we did and also i did drink the medicine according to his rules i did 
He said that the tincture was the same. I mean, I know. But it was convenient for him to say it at that point. Right. Exactly. I know this is like easy to brush off and be like, okay, we all know though you weren't taking the medicine. But like, what if I had come and meant someone who wants to cure something, turns out I can't take the medicine and they tell me, no, 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 the tincture is the same. Like this, this claim has to be taken on face value. And now that he realizes I didn't have a miracle, oh, now all of a sudden, oh, no, 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 it was just water. Right, right. And then he came back to us saying, oh, well, I want you to send us all the agreements, every copy of the agreement that you have that you had us sign. And we're like, we didn't We didn't have you sign any agreements. You have the agreements that you had us sign. This is like a common misunderstanding that people have that you always have to get a signed release from people in order to publish their voice. It's not true. All that matters is that you didn't record them without their permission. In this case, that's abundantly clear. But he was making more thinly veiled threats. Oh, our lawyers are saying that you have to have signed releases from us because... Boy, I'd hate for you to be in a in a situation where uh, wouldn't that be the worst? I don't know how it would happen. <laughs> yeah, again, we deflected that. And, yeah. Uh, good luck with and that. We start Jerry. telling him like, listen, just contact our lawyer if you have questions about this. And right. He's like, oh, you know, I was just trying to help you, but okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, he said, hi, Russ. If you want to run it without a release, please do. I was honestly trying to reduce your exposure, not mine. It's all good. Oh, and then he said he watched our podcast. Yeah, I we wanna, watched your podcast. I want to know how that happened. And it seems very balanced. So whatever good. happened you happened to you i just feel bad that you didn't have the experience everybody else did i'm sure being human you could understand my point of view be that as it may it is what it is try your best to be fair with us and so we did yeah so this is not this is far from the last i would hear from jerry there were a lot of mood swings in just this conversation yes but you pursued it with him farther we'll talk about this in a minute here but i had even more Uh, conversations with Jerry and Jeff after that, but we'll get there. We had some more exposure to Jerry in reading his book, Shit the Moon Said. Yes, which I have right here. Carrie had bought a copy of it. Yep, bought it on Amazon. first. I did. It's a very quick read. It's 130 pages. It's a small little paperback. You caught a spelling error on the very first page? That's right. Is it a a grammatical error? (laughs) That's right. Where is it? I think it was an extra that or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Second sentence of the book. Oh, no. I was feeling so elated that I that told the moon I had a special request. Oops. Whoops. My quick summary of the book is that it is a less interesting version of the story he tells Mm -hmm. in person Mm -hmm. and on video. Uh, So if you're going to hear Jerry tell his story about what the moon said, do it with all the cussing. (laughs) Right. And he's a really good speaker. Oh, yeah. And not as strong a writer. Yeah. So I pulled out a few things that stood out to me in Shit the Moon Said, which I finished on February 2nd, 2018, which you will find in my book journal. The foreword is by Mark Victor Hansen, the chicken soup for the soul guy. Okay. That's bizarre. He's got friends in high places. By the way... You may be hearing loud sounds in the background. That's the wind. The wind is really strong tonight. It's really annoying. And usually we pause for every sound, but it's just not going to be possible tonight. You get to inherit the wind tonight. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So uh, some other just things I pulled out here on page 26, he said, virtually everyone who visits me and my team finds the miracle that is unique to them. Okay. Big claim. Page 29, he refers to Dr. Jeff as, quote, the doctor at passages. Oh, okay. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Page 39, he says it was the real moon. So he clarifies like, don't be thinking this is some symbol. No, no, no. It was the real moon. moon. You know, he also mentioned in his book that all of his trips on Iboga were taped. And he said that in his talk too. Do you remember him saying that and kind of picking up a notebook and saying, oh, yeah. Oh, these have all been taped. I'd really like to see those tapes. That would be interesting. Yeah. You gave this one star on Goodreads, by the way. Yes, I did. (laughs) I gave it three stars. I didn't give it zero stars. You can't. You can't. But if I could have, I wouldn't. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. There you go. All right. One point for writing a book. So um, here are the four things that can cause the split of the soul and ego. Number one, not being fed on time. Hmm. Hmm. That's called hangry. Yeah. (laughs) Two, your parents fighting. Okay. Three, alcoholism in the family. Okay. Four, a loud argument or violence while you are in your mother's womb. Oh, boy. Tones of Scientology. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought, too. Wow. Does he mention a horcrux? 
No, what's that? <laughs> that's, that's the Harry Potter thing that I brought up last time we talked about. Oh, and I said, splitting. oh, what's that? And <laughs> our administrative manager, Ian Kramer, he pointed out that we should have mentioned phylacteries from Dungeons and Dragons. I also don't know what that is. It's how you create a lich. It's the same exact. I don't know what that is. Same concept as a horcrux. A lich? You, yeah. So you, you split your soul uh-huh. and you store it in like an object. And then you can bring it back. If you die physically, well, then part of your soul is left and it can be brought back. Like the Raelians, uploading your DNA into an object. But right, or into like a creature, like a reanimated creature. That's the lich. Oh, boy. Complicated. I'm sure I got some important detail of that wrong and I will hear about it. (laughs) Okay. We learned from this book that all disease, all addiction, all violence, and all hate is from the soul-ego split. And you can just... Patch it right up, arrhythmia. Easy peasy. Um, That's weird because it seems like Jerry still has some residual anger uh, that comes out every now and then. Yeah, it seems like he's not a perfect person. Right, which we found out in our email exchange. Correct. Uh, Oh, here's another thing that causes the soul to split. The belief that we aren't enough. So maybe if you're not fed on time Uh or your parents fight, that's how you believe you're not enough, maybe? Okay. Well, that is a dangerous, deleterious thought. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Then on page 59, we learn that the earth is not flat. Okay, good. We agree. So good, yeah. Hey, something we can all buy into. Everybody knows the earth is round. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's very funny when our investigations completely collide and I have this sort of warring conversation in my head between the person I'm listening to and someone else who's not there at all because Mm. I kind of want to see them interact. Yeah. Page 70, we learned that the physical and spiritual heart are the same. So just in case anyone was not convinced that he was talking about a literal heart, he is talking about a literal heart. Roger, roger. Tells us not to eat processed foods, whatever that means. Processed food is like such a, I never know how to define that. What's processing? Yeah, what is the process? Yeah. I guess you could define it as kind of as Michael Pollan does. The unprocessed food is all the food at the edges of the grocery store. Right. Whereas processed food is all of the crackers and cookies and Mm -hmm. TV dinners and things that Mm -hmm. have been boxed up and are not perishable. Yeah, okay. So anything that's shelf stable is bad for you. (laughs) They've added preservatives and chemicals, even Mm -hmm. though everything is made out of chemicals. Right. You are made out of chemicals. And like bread is... Anyway, That's processed. Okay. Right. Okay, so he also said that only half of the visitors to Rhythmia do plant medicine. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I was certainly seeing people around the resort that I didn't recognize right. from the plant ceremonies. And I probably met them at my dinners. And yeah. there were a handful of us, hmm. but certainly well, we, not as many as there were of you. We've but, already learned about his penchant for percentages. Yeah, that's true. I also wonder, it does seem possible that they try to orchestrate it so like certain weeks have you know, a focus. Oh, yeah. That seems possible. Though That was a bad week to do it when Dr. Jeff was away. Uh, He also says that most people breathe using only 20% of their respiratory potential. I'm sure, Jerry. Okay. I'm worn down. I'm going to let that one go. Yep. That's one. You've reached that point that my brain eventually goes to where I'm just like, yes, yes, let it all in. That's (laughs) all fine. I'm sure it's all true. Okay. So here's a notable quote. He says, live without anyone's religion. Don't rely on anyone's experience except your own. Okay. Cool. That's that sounds good. But wait, hang on. Except anything the moon said to Jerry. That's objective. All right. Well, come on. All right. (laughs) It's like a huge contradiction. (laughs) My experience is like holy writ and everyone's experience should be modeled after mine. But also I don't think he would state it that strongly. He 100% stated it that strongly. That's implicit in what he said. I don't see that big of a contradiction there. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We all sit there and we all have to, he's like, oh, the moon told me X and it's definitely true. But none of us say any mantras about the moon. There's no... There's no dogma around it. It's just his story. Well, yeah, there is. We I aren't, mean, like, we aren't the told that we need split, to talk to blah, blah, blah. them. Sure, that that is definitely taught is all true. Right. But okay. he got all that from the moon. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. He's just like globalizing <laughs> okay. his own personal experience. Right. And he's like, but don't globalize anyone's personal experience. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then also reconnect the soul with the body in order to heal disease, which I thought was notable because they're obviously saying arrhythmia that you can do that. And so if you're coming there with a disease, yeah. now we've got a big problem with yeah, this Yeah, that's a heavy expectation yeah. to put on what your facility can deliver. Yeah, totally. Well, those were my big notes from Shit the Moon Said, All which right. you can buy on Amazon. It's pretty cheap. I want to say it was like $11. 
And it's a quick read. It's a very quick read. Very soon after our experience at Rhythmia, we were invited to a Facebook group called yes. Rhythmia Lightworkers 16. So presumably we were the 16th week since they had started the yeah. Facebook group thing. Or, maybe, or just maybe the 16th group they'd made. Maybe. I'm not sure how yeah. many people they bundle into it. There are people commenting on the group that I don't necessarily remember, mm. but they may have been there with us. I, I didn't get to yeah. know everybody well. It was, a, it was a big group. So that's where we would all chime in and give each other little reminders. People would come to ask for support. A lot of people were struggling with depression, just feeling down, saying, hey, everybody, you know, this is... It's just a really rough day for me. Can you give me some kind of light? And yeah. So we'd share digital hugs and hearts and love. Reassurances. And yeah, just to say, hey, you're awesome. You yeah. Know, you can do this. And there were a couple of people who it seemed like really crashed when they came home. Like I, I'm thinking of one person in particular who said, well, I came to Rhythmia because I have an addiction problem and my kids were taken from me and I stockpiled my medicine to kill myself. Oh, man. And they went on to say, I came back and things aren't much better and I need like some encouragement here. Yeah. So they did not get what they were looking for at Rhythmia. I saw a fair amount of that. Yeah. People were just falling on really hard times. And I realized how many people came there because they were having these issues. Yeah, so many. Feeling down in life. I forget if it was Jeff or Jerry, but one of them said that to us during our interview, said, well, you know, you're not the usual Rhythmia customer because you guys both seem kind of confident and happy and you're not going through a particularly hard time in your life. Most people come here broken. Yeah, that was Jeff. That's true. And I think we experienced that with a lot of our investigations where they want to find your ruin and we're not in... The particular place at the moment where we have a strong ruin, mm-hmm. we have a worldview intact, and we're, we're interested and we're excited, but we're not necessarily seeking for answers in our lives. Right. Obviously, I have things I struggle with and lessons that keep coming at me because of my particular flaws and life experiences and stuff. So, you know, you could certainly orchestrate something to speak to me. But yeah, I'm not like, oh, man, I feel, you know, torn up inside. And certainly there were people who were sharing their successes and happiness. A lot of people were just asking follow-up questions about what music was it playing that night? Mm-hmm. And where do I find this? And people would share lovely images or even odd things they'd encountered. One guy had gotten into David Icke after oh, yes. coming to Rhythmia. <sighs> and so they would send these things. Or wait, like, was it It was David Wilcock? Oh, was it Ike too? Maybe Ike, it was Ike both. as well, yeah. Wouldn't be surprised. I think you even cautioned someone to be, oh critical about that uh (laughs) oh yeah i think he said like uh you know i have a little skepticism about it and i think i said well keep that healthy skepticism (laughs) yeah so a variety of comments jerry wasn't involved at all but uh proxy was someone from rhythmia had been assigned to stay up on these groups and it switched out at some point someone took over as hey i'm your new rhythmia representative and everything we posted had to go through their approval first. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept waiting for the hammer to drop mm-hmm. and for them to say, oh, we don't want Ross and Carrie even looking at these things. I thought about that too. So I was ready at any moment to lose access to this group. So I'd take screenshots here and there. Yep. But we haven't been declared SPs yet. We're still in it. Yeah. To their credit. Yes. Oh, definitely. So also, since doing this reporting, we have heard quite a few really sad ayahuasca stories. Yes. And there's no easy way to transition into this. They're really dark. They're really painful. If you don't want to hear about self-harm and things, skip past this. In the Rhythmia Lightworkers group, someone shared a story that a person I've never heard of had posted where he talked about this this young man who went to take ayahuasca in the Amazon, came back and seemed like really full of life, really happy, but then kind of slowly declined and kept talking about the dark spirits he had seen on his trips and was having bad flashbacks and decided to go back and take the medicine again. Not sure what the thinking was there, but that's what he decided to do. Hmm. Went there, took it again, had an even worse experience, came back, like couldn't shake it, kept telling his loved ones, no, these were messages to me and I can't make these evil spirits go away. And then he took his own life. And apparently this is not... And that wasn't arrhythmia. As far as we know, that wasn't arrhythmia. It it wasn't presented as being from arrhythmia. Yeah, but that was shared on this wall. And 
There's also a website called ayahuasca-risks.org that kind of catalogs a few of these these really terrible stories of people using ayahuasca and something really bad happening. And suicide doesn't seem terribly uncommon. Mm. Obviously, if you look at everybody who takes ayahuasca, it's going to be a very small sliver of the pie. But there's enough stories of this that I'm a little concerned about it. We've heard a lot of stories from listeners. And one listener wrote in to say that he had gone to Rhythmia about a year before we had. And he talked to me on the phone. He wanted to remain anonymous. Okay. But he said that when he was there, there were only about 30 people participating. And the real crazy point of his story that he first related to us was that at one point, he was restrained by Dr. Jeff Oh wow! in the flight deck because he was just trying too hard to get up and move around. Oh, gosh. He was going wild. And he was having these intense visions of heaven and hell Mm. and of going through a birthing process. Mm. And he was yelling out about being born. So he was, he was me in that group. That's what he said. Mm. And uh, he was the freak out. Yeah. And apparently his freak out helped other women. uh, They said to him later, because he was talking about the struggles of being born, that it helped them connect with unsuccessful births or pregnancies that they had had in the past. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but at some point, he, I guess, broke free, and he was afraid of men at the time. He had this whole thing where men are bad and okay. women are good. And so he ran out of the flight deck, ran down the, the roadway. You know, there's rocks out there and stuff. He's doing all this in his bare feet. And he's running for the exit, and they have to come after him. Oh, geez. Right, and try to stop him. And he didn't say anything about being physically restrained, but people had to surround him and talk to him. Mm -hmm. And apparently his roommate came and offered him like a heart pendant that he had and said, here's my heart. Oh, it was just so so sweet. sweet. And I guess that helped him in the moment. And eventually he did come down from it. But yeah, he just had a a wild experience. He wanted me to be clear to communicate that he felt it was a positive experience and he's gotten waves of insight from it and he said still even to this day he'll gain new insights and so he saw it as a positive thing Mm, okay just want to be clear about that and did he ask to go to the hospital or anything he didn't and he seemed to feel that would have been a bad thing we we heard from other people too who said taking me to the hospital would have been the worst thing to do even Mm -hmm. if i thought i wanted it no medical professionals though just no 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 people who had done drugs right they had said that yeah we heard We've heard all sides of this mm-hmm. very strongly mm-hmm. from very bo- definitively from everybody, but from especially lay people. Usually, doctors have been on the side of this sounds really dangerous. Right, sounds like serotonin syndrome. I will mention he also talked about the aura machine because it was still there when he went. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, he said, "Oh, it was just like this flatbed scanner thing, almost attached to a computer. Uh-huh. Really wasn't that impressive." And yeah, you take the image. I think it was the hand. And now I can't remember for sure if he said that, but it scans you and then you see it on the computer. And he said it wasn't too impressive. They give you a little print. They give you a little printout. No, he, I don't think he remembered the color, but he says <laughs> he has the printout somewhere. Oh, we got to like, see if we can get it. Yeah, I said, please send it to me if you can. Oh my gosh. So we also heard from a listener named Cara Bailey. I've asked her to give me permission to use her name, and she did. So she has a terrible story about her father going to take ayahuasca in Peru. So he was suffering from a pretty serious disease um, called Berger's disease. It's apparently pretty rare, and it affects the arteries and veins. This this got so bad that he ended up having to have most of his left foot amputated. Oh, man. Yeah. So he was, you know, really angry and upset about this all happening when he had been going to doctors and thought he was doing the right thing and yet still lost part of his foot. So he decided to try alternative treatments, and that's when he went to Peru to take ayahuasca. Reminds me a lot of our cancer clinic episode. Mm -hmm. Totally. Frustrated with the medical system. Let's go try this other thing. South of the border. Yep. So... All he told Kara was, I'm going to go to Peru to meet the great mother. And of course, she hadn't heard of that before. So she's like, you're going to what? You're going to what? And he was being really evasive about it. So she said, like, he dodged all my questions. But, you know, I knew he was in the Peruvian jungle. So finally, she kind of she figured it out while he was there. But she couldn't reach him. He was in the middle of the jungle. And now she's freaking out because she's reading all these horrible (sighs) stories online. Poor woman. She's having to play Carmen Sandiego just to find (laughs) to find her dad. 
And so she starts reading these terrible stories. And there are a lot of bad stories about awful things happening to people on ayahuasca, people dying and just being like buried on the side of the road. Yeah, just really awful things. So she's reading all this stuff thinking like, oh, my God, this is where my dad is trying to reach him, can't reach him. He finally comes back, but he was in such bad shape from all of these trips that he had to be brought out of the jungle on the back of a donkey. Oh, jeez. Completely unable to walk. But, but he was he, like still convinced that he was healed. Yes. The shaman had told him like, yeah, you've been healed of your disease. You have a new heart, which I think is interesting that he huh. heard that too. And that his body was basically like that of a 24-year-old. And then while he was on the medicine, apparently he also recovered a memory that he had been molested. Wow. And that his deceased twin brother had been gay. It sounds like he didn't have any actual memories or evidence for and that he was friends with jesus in a past life and that one's fine not that there would be anything wrong with his twin brother being gay but oh of course not but yeah but you're uh, modifying his memory yeah of you're rewriting history for someone else so after this trip at first he's like no i've been healed two years go by and he starts to realize no of course my body's not doing hot and healing would be evident at this point. Yeah. Now it's September 2015. He finally is like, okay, I'm gonna go back to actual doctors. Gets put on blood thinners. They're like trying really hard to save him at this point, but they can't because his actual treatment has been forestalled for so long. That reminds me of Steve Jobs. Yep. Wasting a lot of time with non-medicine with a very serious form of cancer, pancreatic cancer. And they very well might have been able to help him, but it just came too late. Yeah. This is something we talk about a lot on the show, but it bears repeating for people who are just joining us for this investigation. There's a really hidden cost to things that don't work and that claim to work. Mm -hmm. And that's not just that you might get a side effect from the treatment, though that's certainly true in the case of ayahuasca. But it's time. But yeah, you lose time and cancer is fast. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these diseases are fast. And if you don't act in that moment and you go get some bullshit instead, you're fucked. I've now taken from this very serious reflection to remember the South Park episode where the patient just needs more time. What's the matter, doctor? He's running out of time. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. Just to quote Kara here, she says, I don't have anything against people using things like ayahuasca, but I do have a huge problem with the claims made by people who promote them and make money off people like my dad. Mm, yeah. yeah. All right. So unfortunately, that's not our last ayahuasca terror story. Oh. At Rhythmia with us, there was a woman named Sep. Mm-hmm. It's short for Concepcion. She was a really lovely woman. I met her at lunch a few times. Did you get to talk to her? I never talked to her. Okay. But I did see her. I remember her distinctly because she was from Billings, and she would talk about how they didn't have any good farmer's markets at Billings. <laughs> Very pretty young lady, mm-hmm. curly hair, yep. tight curls, yeah, dark like hair. Probably mid-30s. Mm-hmm. She had an 18-year-old son. You can already tell that I'm talking about her in past tense. So, Sep apparently went home to Billings and told her family that she hadn't received her miracle and that it was her fault. And two weeks later after her return on Valentine's Day, she took her own life. And her family believes this is directly tied to her experience at Rhythmia. Her cousin in particular is her roommate. Her her cousin, who was her roommate and very good friend, and her brother. Said that she wasn't struggling with these issues beforehand. The issue of whether she was struggling before or not is not totally clear to anyone, I think. Okay. Either way, I think there's a real concern. Either this is a person who had bad depression and suicidal thoughts and came to a place that says, hey, we'll cure your suicidal thoughts and depression and then didn't get what she was looking for, which is dangerous. Or she is a person who didn't have suicidal thoughts, went to Rhythmia and came back with them. Either way, doesn't seem to speak highly of this system. There is a lot more detail to this story, including a lot of back and forth between her family and Jeff and Jerry and me and Jeff and Jerry. Yeah. Uh, man, it gets it gets really hairy. But I am writing about this for Vice. And so when that story drops, I will let you all know and we will share it on our social media so you can hear more about this. Yeah. But, you know, I got to say, 
I remember thinking and maybe saying to you, I can't recall, man, this miracle talk, like the worst outcome would be someone who comes. Didn't get their miracle. Yep. Someone who comes who needs a miracle, doesn't get it. Like what kind of crash do you endure after that? And I didn't expect it to happen so fast, but here we are. And this all played out on that Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So that's how we heard about it. Yeah, Yeah. we wouldn't have even found out except that she was friends with somebody at Rhythmia who she had met there and had been on a text thread with her and just kept not responding for a while. So her friend got concerned and Googled her name and found her obituary. And you know, It's interesting because Arrhythmia makes such a big deal about people thinking they received a miracle and how even a year later, people still say they received a miracle. Well, when you rely on a survey for that data, you're relying on people sending the survey in. SEP will not be sending her survey in. Yeah, you already have the problem of testimonials, but Mm -hmm. this is a problem on top of that. Yeah. So even in their original email to us, where they invited us to come to Rhythmia, they said, guests are experiencing huge life shifts in just a week, including overcoming suicidal tendencies, coming off antidepressants, the healing of marriages, and many physical healings too. So they specifically called out suicidal tendencies. Right. They invite people to come to treat these things. Hey, we can help you with this. Right. So we've heard so many stories from people about their various drug trips on different drugs, Mm -hmm. uh, but that's just a, a sampling of some of the worst effects that ayahuasca can have. Yeah. And uh, all the more reason to uh, keep a real close eye and be very careful about using it. And it's interesting to note that in a lot of these stories, the bulk of the danger isn't the drug. It's telling people the drug does more than it does, telling them that it heals you, telling Mm -hmm. them that you'll get a miracle, setting their expectations so high that if they don't meet them, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they crash or they've lost time, as you said. So, um... Yeah, I mean, I don't want anyone to take from this that like, Ross and Gary don't want me to do drugs. It's not it. It's that like people who are selling these as a panacea for all sorts of conditions. That's where the fucked up part is. Yep. One thing that I was thinking about while we were there and took some notes about was like the ways Rhythmia is culty and the ways it's not. Mm -hmm. And one of the thoughts I kept having is like, you kind of can't tell yet. It's so young. And Hmm. sometimes groups start out like kind of okay. And then, you know, as as progress goes on, they get darker and weirder. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'd say not that culty, but it does have what I like to call pink flags (laughs) and things that are not Uh, quite red flags, but like, yeah, let's watch this, right? We don't need to order a biopsy just yet, but we're going to keep an eye on it. We're going to keep an eye on, uh, like with me, I have a very big, uh, what's it called? Retinal nerve. Mm, whatever's behind macular degeneration kind of thing yeah something like that and so they have to keep watching it to make sure i don't have glaucoma Mm -hmm. but you know what Mm -hmm. it turns out i just have a really big nerve okay anyway i have some nerve (laughs) you got a (laughs) you got a lot of nerve there yeah so one thing i always look for is people who are kind of coaxed into reframing their own experience to match someone else's that's Mm -hmm. definitely happening here one person getting received wisdom that then everyone else has to take as yeah, objective this truth. this is on the subtler end of that, but it's definitely mm-hmm. there. Right. A business that uses underpaid labor and brags about it. That's always not great. <laughs> this reminds me of when we went to the Shen Yun performance. Yeah. We didn't do an episode about it. Right. But A it, beautiful dance troupe. Yeah, it's amazing. You get to see all this cultural dance from the heartland of China. Yeah. But the, apparently we've heard that it's run by this Falun Gong cult. And the dancers don't get paid. Right. That's what we've heard. We haven't looked into Falun Gong at all. but Those are very expensive tickets. Yeah. And then limiting food and sleep is like one of the top things that you're told to look for in cult studies talks. Oh, interesting. um, Are you achieving this mystical experience in part by denying people food and sleep? Hmm. Okay. I don't know that. In fact, I would bet that's not a conscious thing here. That's hard to separate from the nature of the drug and the fact that it brings on Mm -hmm. vomiting and that you have to... Yeah. I think that's probably accidentally built into the ayahuasca experience everywhere. Mm -hmm. You probably are sleep deprived and hungry and blah, blah, blah. And that's probably partly why people have these sort of fasting experiences. But it's a pink flag. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I just kept thinking like, would I be shocked if in two years we found out this had gone completely off the rails? Nope. 
but it's still a baby and who knows it could go it could be fine and while we're talking about some of these dangers and aspects of rhythmia there was some reporting that more closely linked iboga house to rhythmia so at the time this organization was iboga house they were offering ibogaine and a woman from norway passed away then later on rhythmia sprang up first offered ibogaine and then moved over to ayahuasca and jerry says we were never iboga house those are totally different operations but the iboga house website redirects to rhythmia so i don't feel the separation is as clean yes i mean yeah exactly it's like what does it mean for one thing to become another it's like when does the old ship become the new ship you know Mm -hmm. that old riddle oh yeah theseus's ship where you take one plank out exactly you put put in in a new one and a new one and a new one when did the old ship become the new ship kind of the same thing here it's like okay you have a bunch of the same people the old place was closed down you have (laughs) the exact same shaman you are serving the exact same concoction you know i mean so i feel like there's more to that story than that transition too. But Spe- who knows? Speaking of shamans, another issue that's come up repeatedly is the cultural appropriation aspect. Yeah. That's a tricky one. I, I feel like it's a sliding scale and I don't I don't know exactly how to feel about it mm-hmm. at this place, but we've mentioned the shamans that we encountered were not indigenous to South America. Mm-hmm. Now yeah, they're mostly white Americans. They've mentioned that there were other shamans who have been involved. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know what the arrangement is there, but there are many people who've written us and spoken for other shaman that they've talked to or spoken for themselves and said that feels like an uncomfortable use of these ceremonies Mm -hmm. uh, for a bunch of white people, mostly coming in from America, mostly. Right. One woman wrote in and said that she had talked to a shaman about this at length and they felt that only people who were deathly ill should be taking ayahuasca. Oh. Yeah. So that in that particular culture, that's how it was seen. Or at least the shaman that she was talking to. Yeah, that's a very rare thing. We don't just use it for people to have experiences of spirituality. Hmm. It's if you're really at the end of your rope. Wow. So it's hard to know exactly. Yeah. And we're not people to ask because we are a couple of white white people from America (laughs) who went down to South America to try a drug. I think this is a criticism of Rhythmia that's totally fair. And I do think that they could have really prioritized finding shaman from the area who are actually from that culture and that lineage. And that, uh, that might have been hard to do even. Right. But I think putting a priority on that would have been judicious. I don't think that you can own culturally a substance, mm-hmm. but there's all of the stuff that goes around that. Right. The wira, the mm-hmm. chandu, all right. the beads, all of these other mm-hmm. pieces. That's where it gets a little sticky. Right. But, I don't think many people would complain like a guy smoking DMT is uh, appropriating someone else's culture. But yeah, like you say, when you take the entire ceremony. All of these trappings of the indigenous culture. Yeah. So I, I can't speak to how well they mm-hmm. navigated that particular right. area. But we, we heard a lot of feedback from people who felt that they did not handle that well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I agree with them. I also did tweet asking like, hey, if anybody can come and talk about that aspect of this would love to hear from somebody didn't quite get what i was looking for and by that i mean mostly got other white people and i would really love to hear from someone who is actually from that lineage or at least just not another white dummy like me so (laughs) if if anybody knows somebody who you think should come on and talk about this in particular i'd love to hear from you we're at oh no podcast on twitter and it's hard for me to imagine taking that drug under other circumstances because Mm -hmm. i think the context does help right that's something that would have to be carefully explored Yeah, well, for me, I think Drew's comment stands like you could take it in the States with an indigenous group that has uh, a religious exemption. Oh, yeah. And uh, many have done that. It Mm -hmm. definitely has traveled the borders. And I definitely am a fan of more research being done on ayahuasca. And Mm -hmm. some has. People have sent us interesting papers and we've also encountered other literature. There are promising potential benefits for even cancer therapy. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ayahuasca may encourage proper cell death and mm-hmm. there are some promising papers but now, probably not a tumor shrinking before your very eyes yes and not rewriting your dna so these aren't conclusive results as far as i'm aware i haven't dug deeply into the papers or the abstracts and i'm not even qualified to judge them 
But I think uh, it's definitely worth looking into this for its use in even treating depression. Mm. Yeah, there there mm-hmm. definitely yeah, could well, be aspects of it that would be. It acts on helpful. serotonin, so that's not surprising. But here's what we do when we study drugs. We put them in a lab. We have huge, large-scale studies. We make sure everybody's safe. We isolate variables. We right. don't just stick a bunch of people in a room and put them on drugs. <laughs> right, and collect positive stories later that help the organization that is mm-hmm. putting on the experience. And ignore all the people who can't send in their surveys or don't want to because they feel bad that they didn't have a miracle. Got to keep that miracle blah, rate blah, up. Blah, 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 blah. Right. That is not uh, <sighs> the right thing to do. Just a little word about ayahuasca itself. You mentioned DMT. That is the active component. Mm-hmm. It's made out of two different plants. You have your ayahuasca vine and its Latin name, I'm going to say wrong, is Banisteriopsis capi. Capi? Copy, C-A-A-P-I. I hope you enjoyed that bad pronunciation, which in and of itself is not psychotropic. It doesn't have DMT in it. That comes from another plant called Chacruna or Psychotria viridis, and it's that plant that contains the DMT. That makes sense. It's got psychosia right in the title. Right. But combined, when you cook them together, what the ayahuasca vine does is it helps protect the DMT from getting processed in the stomach and broken down. Mm, And so it disables the enzymes in the gut that would make you just eat the DMT and Uh, pass it through. uh So it then helps that survive and get into the bloodstream and eventually cross the blood-brain barrier and Mm -hmm. affect your mind. Okay, interesting. So it's a different way of getting the DMT than say, smoking it. Or Mm -hmm. Jerry was pointing out, I remember in our discussion with him, when he was trying to dissociate the effects of the chemicals and molecules from the spiritual aspect. He's Mm -hmm. saying, oh, well, you know, people take DMT and it's totally different. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, because it's a different application of it. Right. Yeah. And you've isolated the DMT, of course. I mean, come on. So that's basically what's happening with ayahuasca. And then it's modulating your serotonin levels. Right. We've talked about that before. Which is why, just a reminder, just to drill it in, that's why it's very, very, very dangerous to take if you're already on any medicine that affects your serotonin. Mm -hmm. I'm reading a book called Buzzed right now. That's oh, cool. Really good. Yeah, it's a very well written and readable treatment on drugs of various sorts, all the major drugs that people That's take. It's funny that you'd be reading that. The yeah. person who's sort of taken no drugs except the one really, really <laughs> right. scary drug. So now I'm suddenly interested in all this. Well, it's, it's about time I, I learned some more. So it's a <laughs> great resource already. But they mentioned that ayahuasca is almost never used recreationally, mm. but rather as a pharmacologic mm. aid and to insight slash enlightenment. They well, also we're using it recreationally right now via the tincture. <laughs> Whoa, man. Whoa. It also gave a few different descriptions of serotonin syndrome and the attendant dangers. There are other drugs that can give it to you as well. So they mentioned St. John's wort mm-hmm. uh, combined with SSRIs, bath salts. <laughs> yeah, don't take bath salts anyway, guys. MDMA. Mm-hmm. So 5-HTP, if you like really overdo it, maybe. So there are other ways to get serotonin syndrome, but a lot of the symptoms sound a lot like what I was experiencing. Oh, man. We didn't take my body temperature, but apparently increased body temperature is one of the most dangerous things that happens. Hard to tell when you're dancing by a fire. Indeed. But also nausea, diarrhea, increased muscle tone, increased blood pressure. A severe case could cause greatly elevated body temperature and death. (sighs) Cascading organ failure associated with serotonin syndrome. That was mentioned in the book. Cascading organ failure. That's interesting because the next day, that's kind of how you described it to me. Yes, you were like, it I felt, felt like parts of my body were shutting down. Right, and, and you described it as in a wave or something. You said, I distinctly feel like, oh, something shut off in my abdomen, then something in my chest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Yikes. So, so scary stuff. Anyways, that's just a little bit about ayahuasca itself (laughs) yeah oh boy good times and i just want to say again we don't know if ross was dying that's true but you know what the fact that all of you listeners can fight about it tells us that we don't know and he (laughs) should have gone to the hospital so we could find out some people have very strong opinions on this i mean just it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. Yeah. Take him to the goddamn hospital. Which is all to underline the point that Rhythmia is a resort, quote unquote, 
but this is not vacationing. Like if you go, if you go <laughs> and you, you do it how I did it. Yeah. If you follow through this program, mm-hmm. it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. You're going to be shooting Jerry daggers mm-hmm. throughout the course of it because you are going to want to run away and that razor wire fence may come in handy. It's hard work yeah. going through all that, especially if you're going to the classes and they tell you there's, there's only one required class. But I can tell you, yeah, they come by and they kind of hustle you out of the kitchen area like, hey, hey, you should really be in the class right now for other non quote unquote non required classes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's it's a huge investment of time. And you might lay in your own feces. (laughs) You might just get really up on top of that tube. Get that tube as far up your butt as you can. Get it up there. So there is another way you can support Rhythmia Uh besides just going there. Why don't you go to their GoFundMe and pay off their mortgage? Mortgage. (laughs) What? So this just happened a couple weeks ago. We got a message from the administrator of our Arrhythmia group. Hey, everybody. Jerry asked that I pass along the following. Hi, friends. It's Jerry. If you would like to help us eliminate our mortgage, you can make a contribution at the URL below. I know that you have the opportunity to give charitable contributions to many different companies, but ours is one of the few with consistent and beautiful results. Please help us be free of the mortgage. And And it's like $3 million. Yes. And hello, Jerry brags about how much money he has and how he's doing this great thing by opening this place and not making any money. And I think he told us at one point that he, of his 20 something odd million dollars that he spent like half of it on Rhythmia. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, then you can put another $3 million down, sir. Maybe he spent the rest. Um, And he kept talking. He gave a few different numbers, I think, but he kept mentioning about a decade later that this place would be financially solvent uh and then he'd be actually making money. But yeah, here they are trying to raise $3.1 million toward the mortgage. Yeah, I felt like commenting on that. I pledge to give every dollar I make this year that is more than Jerry's net worth. To Rhythmia. <laughs> they have currently earned three and a half thousand. <laughs> thousand. He said thousand, everyone. Yeah, so. Not million. And when they posted this in the Rhythmia group, a couple people were like, oh, come on. There was <laughs> one, one person said, are you going broke? I was going to go back, but now I'm having second thoughts. Oh, and then. A uh, little bit of a backfire there. The only other comment, I think, was a guy saying, ha ha. And I messaged him and I said, yeah, isn't that ridiculous? And he was like, it's so ridiculous. And I said, do you feel like you got a miracle? And he was like, no, of course not. I just went to take drugs. <laughs> yep. So that's GoFundMe.com slash Rhythmia dash mortgage dash elimination. If you want to do that. Actually, Sep's brother donated a tiny amount just to write on that wall and oh. share Sep's picture and say, you know, I lost my sister here and... I just want to give this warning, and they removed it. Oh, wow. But I have a screenshot of it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, Carrie, what would you rate (laughs) Rhythmia Uh on a scale of pseudoscience, where one is something not very pseudoscientific, (laughs) like natural selection, and 10 is something very pseudoscientific, like the moon cares for you and is watching you, (laughs) the, the literal moon, and it has a plan for your life. And, and you can get a new heart by taking some drugs. And it wears little hamburger helper gloves and it wipes off your old heart and puts it back in your body. That's a 10, huh? I don't know where that came from, but. I'm going to have to give it a 10 on that scale. <laughs> sure. Yeah. On a general 10 scale, where would you say? Yeah, I think I'll stick with 10. I think I will. Because boy, hemolucent. Hemolucent. Like, that is some insane BS. Wherever the pseudoscience rating would have been before, hemolucent raised it up. I'll give them an 8.5. Okay. Uh, there's rampant pseudoscience going mm-hmm. on. And the whole idea that plants have intention, might, mm-hmm. that's a spiritual claim. But I think that causes them to overlook what mechanistically is actually happening to your brain with serotonin pathways and all that, which makes me a little concerned. Mm-hmm. I want to be somewhere where they know what's happening. Totally. And where everybody knows my name. But that's neither here nor there. Definitely hemolucent stood out, but there were other things that were said and shared that just felt like there was a tenuous relationship with science. So 8.5. I'll take it. What about uh, creepiness, Ross? Where one is something that's just plain not creepy, like blowing your nose. And 10 is something really, really creepy. Like you blow your nose and you look down and your brain's in the tissue. Oh, no. That is scary and creepy. Uh, Okay, creepiness, 10. 
10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, because, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> First, I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then I remembered how you were the basically dancing by Satan. Scorpion in the fire, <laughs> my body being possessed, automatic writing, writing right, about okay. biting things. Oh, uh-huh. I saw dark, creepy, weird, twisted stuff. Masks glit up in uh-huh. subtle purples and the HR Giger patterning all over them. Oh, creepy, creepy. The trickster guy, the Joker grinning at me slowly. Oh, it was so fucking creepy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now, in hindsight, it's deliciously creepy. uh, But this tipped out the creepiness scales. Absolutely. Because I was experiencing these things really close up. Ten. (laughs) How about you? You know, I didn't have the same experience. (laughs) I don't know. That's weird. Because you were on something far more potent. Exactly. I was on something as strong or stronger. Oh, yeah. The homeopathy thing that drives up that. Oh, you're right. Pseudoscience rating as well. But yeah, I was on something just as strong. And I didn't have any creepy visions. And like, it seems like a lot of the time that you were having creepy experiences, I was like reading To Kill a Mockingbird in my bed. (laughs) So I don't know. Not that creepy, huh? Yeah, really not the creepy three. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Really different experiences. You know, it takes all kinds. <laughs> we're creeped out by guys with their shirts off running around uh, outside. I didn't see anybody with their shirt off. <laughs> Fair know, enough. So. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What would you give this on a pocket drainer value? We're one of something uh, not very expensive and 10 is something very, very, very expensive. Like a very, very difficult legal <laughs> conflict. That'd be very expensive. Okay. Well, on that scale, maybe a nine. Or maybe a mortgage on a property in Costa Rica. Right. You know, I'm just going to say 10. It's so expensive and people have to go to Costa Rica to do it. It's mostly Americans and Australians that we saw. I asked one person how much they paid and it was $6,000, all things told. Mm-hmm. I mean, God. And then if you do hemolucent, that's an extra 8000 I mean, this could be half of someone's annual salary just going down there. So, uh, yeah, 10 Okay. Yeah, they said in their original email that... This trip was worth $5,500. Wow. Yeah, there you go. I'm gonna, and then if you do Rhythmia Life, extra thousand bucks. Yeah. I'm going to go a little against the grain here. I'll say six. Whoa, okay. Because, yeah, it costs a lot of money. But if you went to a resort with similar accommodations, it would also cost a lot of money. Sure. Of course, we were comped for this. We paid for the plane tickets, which weren't too bad. Oh, that's, yeah. That's aside from the Rhythmia aspect. Yeah, I don't feel it's... Too outlandishly expensive for what it is you're getting. Right. But to have the experience, you have to stay at the resort. Yeah, So for sure. you have to pay out the butt for all this. For stuff. sure. And if you're doing ayahuasca, I do feel it's a potentially dangerous thing. But if you're going to do it, this is probably one of the better ways to do it still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could also do it in the U.S. I don't know too much about those groups and, right. uh, and how they perform it. So, yeah, I'll say six. Okay. Well, Ross, what about danger? <laughs> Where one is something not dangerous like eating one of these oranges from this bowl sitting between us they're very good and 10 is something very dangerous like you take a drug okay you i've done that once you (laughs) well four times your body begins to shut down you're running around like a crazy person you might have serotonin syndrome and to treat it someone sits you down spits at you and waves a bunch of sticks over your head that's a 10 when you put it that way sounds vaguely familiar uh, okay, well, on that scale, it's a 10. Yeah, this is dangerous stuff. I don't feel everybody is going to have that experience. It's rare. It happens. We've gotten a lot of messages from people who have gone through these near-death sensations and feelings mm-hmm. on various drugs, mm-hmm. LSD included. Yeah, mostly hallucinogens. But also ayahuasca. So it was rare for our group, and I think it's rare in general. I just happen to be the lucky person who drew that straw in our group. Mm-hmm. I'm a generally healthy person, mm-hmm. and I really didn't think that would be me that I'd have to be worried about. Uh, so just be careful, but, I, but I'm not going to tell anybody not to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll, I'll downgrade it slightly. I'll say this is, a, I don't know why I'm going for 8.5 again. 8.5 on the danger scale. <laughs> okay. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to say nine because I'm thinking of the cancer therapy clinics as mm-hmm. my 10. And you can go back and listen to that investigation if you haven't heard it. But they just outright are just courting people with cancer and giving them stuff that probably won't Right, work. that's implied here, but it's outright there. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, they do say it kind of in their marketing materials, but at least it's not the focus exactly. that they'll yeah. physically heal 
you. So I'll give them one it's just point. Part of not. the net that they cast. <laughs> right. And then we got to take into account like a, this apparent issue with possible suicidal ideation and yeah. inviting people who have real struggles with those things. I think for physical danger alone, I would have pegged it even lower. But mm-hmm. yeah, it goes up when you have the mental health issues mm-hmm. combined in there and the way that it sold the whole miracle thing. Yes, the miracle thing is Stop dangerous. Saying miracle isn't necessary to any of this. Nope. Lose the miracle. That's the thing. That's what I keep coming back to with the suicide story is like, if someone had just said to her like, Hey, listen, I know we say this whole miracle thing. I get it. You didn't experience it. That's just sort of the framework that we use to help people go through this metaphor of an experience. But you took a drug. It's going to, you know, you're going to have a weird two weeks. It's going to come out of your system. That's it. You just had a physiological experience. She might be alive. Yeah. And if you're offering a drug like ayahuasca that affects you so deeply, and Mm -hmm. it really does on that psychological level, I would surround that with an offering of counseling and even after they leave mm-hmm. you know hey if you're really struggling afterward we want to talk to you we want to make sure you're okay please call us mm-hmm. i feel like that should be part of it yeah so what was your favorite moment everybody likes to go to the pool <laughs> I, actually it really was i would say that third night on ayahuasca was just this huge elation and the sense of connectedness. And I could feel my brain just going down all these rabbit trails of thought, but not losing its stride like it normally does, not getting mm. distracted. And so mm-hmm. even even if the insights were superficial, just the sheer number of connections and that sense nice. of all of those connections happening was really cool. So that was night three. Three. Okay. Speaking of your revelations that night, we got some really great shirts from a listener named Dylan Cates, who made these crazy shirts that say, suffers the illusion. (laughs) And it looks like some metal band. Oh my God, it's so good. Thank you, Dylan. It's awesome, yeah. Dylan sent them to our P.O. Box, which every once in a while we call out, but I'll tell you it right now. It's Ross and Carrie, P.O. Box 1988, Los Angeles, California, 90057. That's funny, 1988 happens to be the year my friend Chris Chavez wasn't born. Oh, it's also the year Drew wasn't born. Hmm. He was born the next year. Fun fact. But what was your favorite moment, Carrie? I mean, it'd probably be just laying in a hammock reading my book. That's solid. Life doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, it was beautiful. I'm reading a book. I'm not having to sit in a 10-hour ceremony on what is effectively water and alcohol. The zip lining was awesome too. Oh, the zip lining. Never but, mind. I take it all back. But that's it not, was seeing all those monkeys. <laughs> it's not quite part of the investigation, but it was super fun. But they did help us organize it. Yeah. And not true. those monkeys. Yeah, never mind. It's hundred percent the monkeys. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been a long and fun adventure. Thank you for coming along with us to yes. learn everything we had to share about Rhythmia. Yeah. And thank you to everybody who donated to make this come out blazing fast. Oh, that's right. So if you are listening on Friday the 13th, we're still in Max Fun Drive. Yeah. So you, there's still time to upgrade or to sign up as a new member at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And if you get us past 4,000 today, we will release a really fun, spooky Spooky. investigation that's also Max Fun related. Mm -hmm. And then if you become a member, you get to get all the bonus content. You get to hear us singing Disney songs. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of feedback on that. Thankfully, people really like it. Well, that's it for Rhythmia and that's it for our show. I can't believe it. We got here. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Our legal counsel is provided by the offices of Matthew Struger. Thank you, Matthew. Yes, thank you. You can find us on facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. And you can find us on Twitter at Podcast O-H-N-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Well, that's how podcast is spelled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that reminds me, actually. That Jerry wrote an email where he referred to us as Russ, R-U-S-S, and Kari, C-A-R-I. I hope the lawsuit would have been addressed to them as well. <laughs> exactly. And remember. So what we pride ourselves at at Rhythmia is that we have a really, really safe environment for you to do the work that's necessary for you to connect with yourself and realize your goals and to get a new heart and to unite with your soul and to see who you've become, which is our our program uh, mantra that we have at Rhythmia. So, you know, in order to feel safe, there's a lot of factors that go into that. And um, myself having a ton of clinical background managing health agencies in Los Angeles, 
working for the Department of Health in Hawaii for many years. What I've learned is that it has a lot to do with uh, the staff. It has a lot to do with the facility itself. It has to do with uh, the attentiveness and the medical appropriateness of the staff and of the facility and of all the policies and protocols. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.